All right. Well, welcome back to the channel. I thought I'd switch things up a little bit. This is definitely going to be the very last video about this little situation with Owen Strawn's most recent tirade, his little tantrum that he threw, and just the general G3... I don't even know what to call it. And it's it feels a little weird because not every member of G3 is participating this time around in the public soiling of themselves. Last time, the first round of this, um, they all got in on the action. And so it's, you know, it's okay in my book to just sort of lump them all into the same category because they were all participating. Now it's really just Josh who did it. He, he posted this series of memes with this conspiracy theory about a guy named Charles Haywood, who I've never spoken to in my entire life, never really interacted with any of his materials. I did have a friend, this is someone who I consider a friend, uh, share with me some information that that um, that was put out by Josh later and, and, and James Lindsay. They, they've been talking about this and marinating with this information for a long time, so they're trying to deploy it, I guess, at the opportune time. Who knows? But he showed me the website and, you know, a little bit of information about it. And I'll admit, it looked weird to me, but I didn't really look into it that much. And it really just seemed like a non-factor. Like, okay, there's this weird, like, group. I mean, who cares? Who cares? What, what, what does that have to do? I, I can't operate in the realm of... I know this is going to sound weird coming from me. <laughs> because I love a good conspiracy theory. I do. But I just cannot operate in the realm of these deep conspiracies where this guy's connected to this guy and secretly pulling the strings for this guy and that guy and this guy. Like, I can only go about two levels deep. I can't go that deep. You know what I mean? I can't go that deep. I can really only deal with what I see on the surface and maybe like a couple layers back. I've tried, and I'm not saying that it's bad to do it. Uh, if you want to go into that and that's what you like to do, then go ahead and do it. Knock yourself out. It's just really not for me. I don't like it. Um, I love a good conspiracy theory, but I just can't, I can't do the thing where it's like, oh yeah, there's this secret society that we know a little bit about. And it's definitely ominous and it's definitely evil. Um, and it's definitely pulling the strings with the people that you talk to about Christian nationalism and making sure that God's law is enforced. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, what does that have to do with enforcing God's law? Like, why do I have to worry about that? Well, no, no, you don't understand. It's just what they want you to do. Like, I can't, I can't do that. I just can't do it. So... Josh, and I don't think a lot of people can do it. Like, Josh Boyce went on this tirade about this Charles Haywood guy. And 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 the thing is, like, what they chose to focus on was so lame. It, it, it's just unbelievable. It's very easily refuted. I'm not going to even get into it because I, I really don't care. <laughs> I really just don't care. But, but G3, at least Josh recently and owen who's in some ways connected to g3 i mean he's their friends let's put it that way i don't know if he's connected besides the fact that they're friends and they collaborate a lot um they've just been soiling themselves publicly and it's so embarrassing and i don't want it to happen but it's happening and i gotta accept reality so anyway what i wanted to do for this episode is be as helpful as possible i've done enough ranting enough raving for one series <laughs> You can go back and watch those videos. That was just prime stuff. Mwah! Prime stuff. So I'm going to try to be as helpful as possible with the conclusion here. Let's jump into it. John is going into the various uh, liberals that are praising Owen Strawn for publicly, um, publicly using the same weapons they would use against the same enemies, like doing their bidding, essentially. A liberal and a weak man for raising objections to their, mo their movement. 
CN, Sixer Nationalism is showing their hand, believe them. I think Bob Stevens is, is another mere orthodoxy guy. And he goes, we're seeing that Russell Moore quote playing out in real time. And it's something. And the Russell Moore quote is uh, Russell Moore sa um, saying that quoting Jesus will just get you called woke. Well, Bob Owen Stevens Strand's is likes not going quoting like this. Jesus here. So His pictures all like it's, this. This is a What's categorization of things that are not the gospel and aren't, aren't biblical into biblical categories that the, where they don't belong. That concerns me. Uh, Celeste Irwin, uh, I'm, and this is someone who is a transgender, a Christian who's transgender, according to her. I'm confused as to what has led to Owen's recent stand against those two is right, but I'm definitely here for it. Sorry, a trans woman is supporting your tweet, Owen. I know that's probably not a good look for you. So this should give Owen some pause. Yeah, it definitely should give Owen some pause. And again, I'm trying to be reasonable here. Uh, Celeste Irwin, I don't know what his real name is, and uh, you know, I'm assuming it's a he. It's actually a he/him instead of a trans, whatever, um, because they say in the tweet that they're trans. Um, so this trans person, it's a literal uh, transvestite, that so so mentally sick in the head that they are actually trying to get you to believe that they're actually a girl when he's a boy. You know what I mean? He has a penis, but he's trying to get you to believe that he's a woman. This is how mentally insane uh, this person is. But they saw the signal that Owen Schron sent up. And so I think if I'm Owen, and they're supporting it, full-fledged, full-throated support. If I'm Owen, does that mean that what I've said is wrong? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But why is it that they think you're doing their bidding? And is it wrong? Is what you're saying the right thing? Because the thing is, like, like if you if you say something that uh, a transsexual who's like a full revolutionary, just a full, you know, uh, this this person is there for the revolution, trying to subvert, actively subvert Christianity, right? They're trying to actively subvert Christian influence in the world. That's their goal. That's what they're doing. That's what they live for, right? When they do that kind, and all these liberals to various degrees are doing that. So when, when, when they agree with you, does that mean you're wrong? No, not necessarily, not necessarily. But when they are enthusiastically cheering you on, when they are talking about the very, when, when, you're, when you're addressing the very things that they've been addressing that you yourself saw as a ploy and a tactic not that long ago, I think you need to take a break. You need to take a step back and you need to give us very specific reasons why you knew this was a scam last year. And I'm, I'm talking literally last year. We showed the tweets in an earlier episode. Last year, Owen Strawn knew that calling Christian nationalists, you know, white nationalists, white nationalists, and trying to make them all seem racist and whatever, they, he knew that was a liberal scam. Now he's actively participating in it. And the liberals and the transsexuals and the trannies and all that kind of stuff, they're all here for it. I'm here for it, sister. That's what they're telling you, Owen. They're all here for it and cheering you on. You need to tell us why you were wrong before or why it's changed or what has happened because um, they didn't change. They've been doing this the whole time. Celeste Irwin has been doing this the whole time. This guy, Bob Stevens with the mouth, he's been doing this the whole time and now you're doing it. And so we're going to need a little bit more explanation, Owen, than just the, the standard sort of you know dramatic rhetoric, by the minute we're snuffing them out. Like, like you've changed again. As a matter of fact, you've changed a number of times in the last few years to a regular, reasonable person like me, the reasonable Latino. It appears like you're unstable. 
And I don't mean like emotionally unstable, although I think there's a lot of evidence that you're also emotionally unstable. But I mean unstable in your beliefs. Because within a span of five years, you've kind of gone, you know what I mean? You've kind of flip-flopped a number of times. And we've got evidence for it. It's not just I'm saying this. It's that the, the writing and the tweets and the rhetoric, it has changed back and then forth. And so I would think that reasonable people would ask, have questions for you, Owen, because that's what a reasonable people, reasonable person does, asks questions. And so we're going to need a little bit more than the Twitter, you know, beating of the chest kind of thing. Um, And I hope in your presentations at G3, you do that because I am looking forward. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to picking apart your presentations at G3 and seeing if you offer any explanation. My prediction is that you won't. You won't tell us why you flip-flopped on this. You won't tell us those things, because that's what Gospel Coalition did. They didn't explain anything. They just pretended like they've always believed the same things, and you're following their playbook. So while I can't predict the future with perfection, I can predict that you're you're following their playbook in general, and you're going to continue to do it. Uh, Owen, a reasonable person looks at what you've done in the last few years, and G3 as well, let's just face it, and they have a lot of questions as to your stability thing I, that should jolt him a little and, and make him wonder why in the world are all these people who are from heretics to just social justice warrior types supporting me in this and they, they they're loving it that that should give you some pause right um nathaniel uh keen for 499 says can ask can someone explain why intermittent racial marriage is such a universal good deserving of being championed so hard that's a good question uh, and, and I would say in context of this question, it is a good is question. constant drumbeat. I saw an advertisement. This is a this question time. that um, a lot of regular, reasonable people in the pews are asking. And the reason I know this, it's not just my speculation. It's because they ask me a lot of the time. And a lot of the time they ask a guy like me on the Internet who's nothing to them. I'm not their pastor. I'm just a guy on the Internet that they and happen to enjoy. They probably enjoy my entertaining rants and raves, right? And I'm, I'm aiming to be entertaining, of course. So the reason they ask me is because they're scared oftentimes to ask their pastors who take their cues from guys like you. Because if they start to present sometimes to you know pastors that take their cues from G3 or Gospel Coalition, they start to ask questions that sound a little too Christian nationalism nationalism What I meant to say was if they start asking questions that even sniff of Christian nationalism or anything like that, they've seen you guys set the table. And the table has said, oh, that might be a bigot. That might be a racist. That's white nationalism. That's ethnocentrism. And so they don't want to have their pastor think that they're that they're that just for asking questions like this about why is interracial marriage being pushed? I'm not against it, but why is it being pushed? They've seen how people they respect have behaved Josh, Virgil, all of you guys, uh, Scott, all of you guys. I guess some people probably respect Nathaniel Jolly. I don't know. Owen. And they've gotten all hot under their collars, screaming racism, essentially. And so they don't want to ask their pastor that. So they ask a guy like me. And I would put the blame on that at your feet. Listen, I think I'm a smart guy and I think I'm reasonable. But they shouldn't be asking me. They should be asking their pastors. Um your example has been abysmal abysmal your example on how you're handling these kinds of questions 
has been beyond awful. It's been shrill. It's been highly emotive. It's been, it's just been, it's been the opposite of what a Christian leader's reaction should be. I don't know how much clearer I can be. You've acted like fools. And so this is a good question. Why is this such a universal good, interracial uh, marriage, why is it so universally good that we need to promote this? It's a good question. People should be and are asking that question. Maybe not to you guys because they don't want to be called the racist just for asking the freaking question. But they ask people like me, and I'm happy to answer, but they shouldn't be asking people like me. Just yesterday, McDonald's put out the constant drumbeat to um, force all families to look as diverse as possible. And that's, ways- and that's something you guys can change, and I hope you do change. I mean, I hope you see, you see that I'm serious about this. I'm not joking around in this episode. You know, I want to be helpful. I want to be reasonable. You guys probably have good answers to some of these questions. I'm not, I don't, because I don't think you're my enemy, right? Even though you've decided that we're your enemies, um, I don't consider you an enemy, and I never have. I think you probably would have some good answers to some of this stuff. But the way you've acted, the way you've handled this just shows just a, there's, there's something weird at play here. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe you are, you know, just an enemy. I don't know. I don't think so. Is that aren't, I mean, like, like you have like a black wife and a white father with like a, an, a, an Asian kid or something. And it's like, is that possible? Sure. You know how exceptionally rare that is? Normally advertisers are trying to identify with you to say, this person just like you bought this product, so maybe you should buy it. And they're not doing that. They're doing a political programming to tell you what you should be doing. You should be. It's a moral good. It is superior. It is more righteous to marry as far outside of your particular ethnicity, if you're white at least. Uh, it's, it's, it seems to be fine if you're not. But that, that's a moral good. And, and I will say this, that's nowhere in Scripture. Yeah, it's, it's nowhere in Scripture. And in fact, we see a lot of evidence to the contrary um, when it comes to this kind of thing about what is normal, what is, you know, what is good, and things like that. And this is the thing. I'm not... Um, I'm not against inter-ethnic marriage, obviously. I'm in one. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel like, uh, sometimes I feel like, like when I, when I sent Owen an email the other day, and I, he, I didn't get a response. I didn't expect one, of course. Um, I, I felt, I, I, I toyed with the idea of, of warning him to not mention me in, in, as a kinist, not to protect myself, because I think that would be quite hilarious, but just because I don't want him to face plant so bad. I'm in an inter-ethnic marriage, and I'm very happy in it. Um, so, so, like, I'm not obviously not against it, but 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 you it's just not what nor, what normally happens. That's just just not the case, right? It's not what normally happens. This idea of McDonald's portraying a, a black guy with a white woman and an Asian kid, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's unusual and you've and you notice that. Like, why are they doing that? And if it was just McDonald's, you know, maybe they've got something in their, you know, their their research that they're doing. They're trying this out. I don't know. If it was just McDonald's, you could understand. But it's not just McDonald's. It's every freaking commercial. This is an obvious play. And we are wondering why that is. It's a great question. Because in the scripture, you don't see that kind of thing. In fact, you see, you see it. But it's always the exception, not the rule. It's always the exception, not the rule. It, it's very interesting because 
when in the scriptures, uh, different ethnicities marry, it usually has disastrous results in the aggregate. I'm not talking about individual situations because there's plenty of situations in the individual that are totally fine, right, good, promoted as good, all of that kind of thing. But in the aggregate, it's not a good thing. It always leads to compromise because, you know, obviously in the scriptures, there's more than just, you know, raw ethnicity at play and cultural traditions at play. It's always a religious thing as well. And so we can understand that. But but religion is part of culture, right? And so there's a certain destabilizing, uh, and, and we'll let John talk. We'll let John talk about this. This is not a moral good. There are situations where you do that. Uh, there are circumstances, I think, for that. But that is not a universal moral good or anything like that. It doesn't. You don't get any points with God or anyone else because you married someone who had far different genetics than someone you you could have married or or maybe living in the same area you naturally would have married, who, who would have grown up in a similar region and, and so forth. So th this is just, uh, th 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 this, is, this is a good question. And I th it's important to realize that that's the context we're in, where we're, this is being jammed down our throat. You have to ask why. Why is that being jammed down our throat? Uh, to create, I, I think part of it is to create further fracturing. Because um, on an individual level, sometimes it can be really good. It can be the right thing. Some of my... Uh, friends I have are in interracial relationships and they love each other and it's great. In fact, I go to a church that's very diverse and I, I mean, I love it, but, um, on a mass level, a societal level, social wide level, a macro level, these things are destabilizing. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's very clear. You know, you don't even need to know history to know this. You don't need to know, you don't need to, um, know about, you know, what's going on in different parts of the world. You don't need to know any of that. All you need to do is open up your Bible, right? Because we see that in the scripture, um, marrying foreign women in the aggregate has a negative effect on the people of God. Now, of course, there's a religious um, primar primacy there. There's a religious issue there, right? Because the for other foreign women worship foreign gods and all of that. Um, but, but religion is part of culture, right? You, we, we understand that. So if marrying foreign women destabilize the true religion of God's people just in and of itself, in the aggregate, um, why wouldn't that also come into play when it comes to church traditions? Well, it did. Now, the different traditions that you bring on board. I mean, your, your religion affects all of these th kinds of things. It does. And so um, the destabilizing effect of this in the aggregate again like individuals in the bible they're put they're promoted as you know they were good partnerships and things like that it was a good you know it ended up being a good thing that they the, these people uh, intermarry but oftentimes it comes with conversion too right because you know they converted to the true faith right they did not bring with them their um their foreignness they assimilated is what they did um and so a reasonable person reading the scripture, seeing these warnings again and again and again, and understanding that, yeah, there's a religious focus there, but in general, it, it, it never worked that the religion never the religion of the foreign women that they were marrying when they were intermarrying didn't affect the whole. It always did. It always destabilized things. It always changed things. And so it doesn't take a genius to, to, to just sort of connect that and say, okay, well, well why is this being pushed? Okay, I can see in the Bible why this was a bad thing. It starts to make sense that are all of our enemies 
are promoting this as well, in addition to their full program of, you know, sexual immorality, abortion, you know, the trans stuff, pornography, the whole thing, so socialism, everything. And it starts to, you start to realize, oh, it's not that they just forgot. This one actually was one of the things that we're pushing for. This actually works in their whole program. This is their whole program of evil. They're trying to replace uh, a good tradition that the United States has with this evil tradition of paganism and all this kind of stuff. And they've been quite successful. And eventually, we got to put a stop to this. We do need to put a stop to this. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can't just let the evil people co uh, come in and take over and do everything that they want to do. We Eventually, we got to stand up and do something about it. And... Um, so people are asking questions, and then you are shrieking like women that they're racist and kinist and all this kind of stuff. And see, that's not going to help matters at all. And I, I really wish you wouldn't do it anymore. You, you, there, there's so many examples you can give of this. Uh, you could talk about what's happening in South Africa and how uh, even in that country, the, the people it's hard to form a government with people that are so different. And then and the unfortunate thing is the people who are um, a mixture – uh, tend to the black and white, uh, they tend to get persecuted by both sides, or at least there's suspicion. There isn't built trust there. And so it's, if, if you want to, um, destabilize a culture, there's probably a lot of tools at your disposal, but that would, in my mind, that probably would be one of them. And, and you, you can go back. I know people have found quotes from various Marxist thinkers that have said basically much the same thing. Like, you know, this is what needs to happen. I know the Soviets even were involved uh, during the civil rights movement in trying to push a lot of the forced diversity um, because they knew it had a destabilizing effect on a mass scale, not on a macro or a micro scale. And then you'll get people that'll that'll just speculate and they'll say, like, uh, like Ligon Duncan, you know, what if this is the way that the gospel comes back to the United States? What if? And it's like. You know, sure. I mean, we're all good Calvinists here. We understand that what the enemy means for evil, God means for good. And so, of course, we understand that. But that does not mean that those means are something that we should not oppose, that we should not stand against. Because the evil that Joseph's brother did should still be illegal, should still be stood up against, and should we should still say, people, don't do that to your brother, even though God meant it for good. And so, and so, you know, there's no, like, there's no inconsistency with saying, sure, perhaps God's going to use this for our good in the future, um, but still not want to have, you know, infinity immigration, you know what I mean, with no limits or things like that, and still not want to have, uh, you know, this forced diversity, this, un this unrealistic diversity pushed on us as if it's always a good, it's always a, a positive thing when we know when we know from examples in history, but more importantly, when we know from Scripture that that is not the case. That is not the case. This is not a moral imperative for a Christian uh, or a nation. It's not. So, yeah, sure, God might use it for good. Yeah, we get that. But, of course, that, we, that doesn't necessarily affect how we operate, right? We, we, could, we could still ask these questions. We can still, um, you know, do what needs to be done, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so, so yeah, I mean, important point, good question. Uh, that's my answer. Hopefully that, uh, helps. Um, so d I should probably just say, cause someone's going to take me out of context here, uh, not against interracial marriage at all. In fact, I have two sisters in law, one's Jewish, one is, um, 
uh, uh, now I'm a Dominican. There we go. Um, well, I could handle the Jew, um, but Dominican, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, man. Uh, obviously, John is operating under the delusion that this little disclaimer here is going to have an impact on whether guys like Owen call him a kinist or a neo-confederate. John, I'm going to look you square in the eye and give you some reasonable advice. It will not. <laughs> you are still an evil kinist, neo-confederate, bigot, you know, white supremacist, all that kind of stuff. Even with this disclaimer, it doesn't work that way. I wish it did, John. I wish it did. I wish it did. I, I'll, by the way, I, just, I mean, I'm still one of those things. I'm going to still be a kinist, racist, white supremacist, all this stuff, even though I'm in an interracial marriage. Still going to be one of those things, John. So if I can't escape it, you certainly can't with a small disclaimer. Good luck, though. <laughs> and, you know, I love them. They're part of the family, right? So, so if someone is going to use what I just said to try to say I'm a kinist or something, um, they just have no clue what they're talking about. Um, but that's unfortunately, and we, that's we can't the problem, have like, John. They don't have any clue about real about. things uh, in this particular uh, setting, political setting. Cool pants didn't Yay. become legendary from standing still, and neither did you. Um, so uh, w there was. I don't know if I want to go over all this. We've been all going almost an hour here. Toby Sumter also responded to this, and I just thought it was a weak. It was. It was just. It's just sad. <laughs> it's just sad to me. Um, it, there were some other conservatives, people who have been, you know, kind of anti woke, that were dunking on Torba's tweet, and and I just thought this is not exactly helpful stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, so, and I'll just say this briefly, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. You know, Ken to call this kinism, Ken doesn't know what he's talking about. Ken took his cues from a guy like Owen, and this is the exact thing that I'm talking about. Like regular uh, people, regular pastors, regular leaders are taking their cues from guys like Josh and, and Owen who have soiled themselves publicly online on this topic. Just so emotional, just so shrill and hyperventilating on the Internet over this. And, and so regular people that have questions about what Torba said, they're going to they're gonna ask me about it. They're going to they're gonna ask me about it. And if you don't want them to do that, then then you sh you need to maybe reconsider how you're engaging here. Maybe be a little less shrill. Maybe when you feel those when you feel your blood pressure rising a little bit, you get all emotional. Um, take a step back when you see the he, him, they, thems uh, cheering you on. People that you knew were lying about this very topic not that long ago. Um, when you see them cheering you on and saying, you know, like that kind of thing, you understand they don't do that unless someone is using their weapons and their tools to destroy their enemies. Um, take a step back, pause, don't keep going, don't double down, don't do that kind of stuff, man, because regular people are seeing your cues and they're calling, they're, 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 then, they, then they're following your lead and soiling themselves. This is not kinism. Anyway. But then Toby over here, you know, Toby responds, and look, Toby's his own person. I've got a lot of, I've got great respect for Toby. He doesn't call it kinism. And I think that's worth mentioning because kinism is a particular thing, and Toby's a smart guy and understands that it's a particular thing. And this tweet by Andrew Torba is not enough to call kinism uh, carefully, right? Um, but but if, if Toby were to have asked me, should I tweet this? I would have said, no, why don't you reach out to Andrew to find out what he meant about, by this first? Because to to Andrew's friend, 
Uh, not an enemy. Now, I don't think that Toby is treating Andrew like an enemy here. This is a lot more careful, in my opinion, than what Ken has done on the other side. So I don't think that this needs to be, like, rebuked or anything like that. I wouldn't have said it, and if Toby asked my opinion on this, I wouldn't have put this forward. But I understand why Toby said this, because in and of itself, it, the tweet is, like I said, it's pretty basic. You know, what does that mean it's inherent good, right? What, what does, that, does that mean that I'm required, that it's wrong if I do this? Like, like, I don't know what that means, right? I don't know what it actually means. Um, I would have just ignored it, right? I, I just don't, I see no reason to try to dunk on this, right? He's, Andrew's a friend. You know what I mean? Andrew's a friend. And I don't just mean personally. I mean just in general, in the fight. He's a friend. He's an ally. You don't need to dunk on allies. You can push back. And I think that Toby's walking the line here. I think in my in my opinion, this is, maybe I'm biased because I'm on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. You can just discard my opinion. That's fine. I think Andrew, uh, to Toby here is right on that line of treating him like an enemy and treating him like a friend that I'm pushing back on. I think this is okay. I wouldn't have done it, but Toby chose to do it and all of that kind of thing. So he's basically saying do better. Um, not treating him like an enemy, but skirting that line in my opinion. If you must signal against Torba, I think that you can look at how Toby did it and learn something, guys like Ken and Owen and Josh and all these people. Um. I think clarifying it first. I mean, that, that's what I try to do is when I don't understand, I clarify, but people are dunking all over the place now. Okay. This, so this is, I want, I'm not, I'm going to try not to interrupt this. Um, you know, there was a video I had done. I'm going to go looking for it um, on uh, let's church in just a little bit where I kind of like uh, projected into the future. And I said, here's what I'm trying to avoid. Here's what I don't want to happen because I can easily see this happening and there's some truth to it, but I really don't want to cause this. I don't want to. I want to do everything in my power to prevent this from getting to where it could go. And this is the kind of thing I was talking about in that video. This was a few years ago. I remember. I remember talking about this because at the time, I was recognizing that there's legitimate discrimination against white people in our culture, and there's systematic uh discrimination against white people in our culture and it's okay to hate on white people it's okay to say just awful things on about white people whether they're true or not uh didn't matter you could just say it and you can get pats on the back for it. i could see that starting to develop over time and um i knew that that would obviously have a reaction and especially when i saw pastors that everyone used to respect doing the same thing and piling on um, I knew that that was a big problem because there's going to be charlatans that are all too happy to welcome those people in um, because all they see is um, pastors who should know better just to get a few clicks and a few likes on, on, on Twitter, to get a few more conference signups and things like that, Pile, dogpiling on white people. And people only put up with that for so long. I'm not going to dogpile on white people. It's just as simple as that. They've been the whipping boy for too long, and I understand being pissed off about it. I'm pissed off about it. So I'm not going to pile on. I'm not going to go along with the narratives. I'm not going to bolster the narratives of my enemies just to get a few likes on, on Twitter. Like Owen. He reinforced their narrative and he used all of his influence and authority and, 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 and good name that he could muster. Because he's got some... He, Owen, 
Owen has 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 influence in conservative circles. Because I, I remember when I said that he was woke, people have a short memory. They don't remember a time when Owen was woke. They think he was been a stalwart anti-woke this entire time. They're, they're clueless on that. He, he has been woke, and, he, and he's, again, he's woke. But he has influence, and he used all that influence to bolster the narratives of our enemies against whites. And that's going to have a reaction. I want you to hear this. I'm not going to interrupt it. Listen to this and consider how you conduct yourself publicly. There's some sad things that Andrew sent me because I asked Andrew, I said, Andrew, what did you mean by this? And there were two things that stood out to me that he sent me. These are tweet threads. They're so long, though, that I and I don't know. I do not know what happened with my highlighter. I, I have to say for those watching, I had specific things highlighted. And for some reason, when I transferred it into this program, it got messed up. But but the words are still there, at least so. Um, here's the, the first one, and, and I, I'll just read this. A word on race and ethnicity. A little long, but please read. I am white. Always have been, but then only somewhat. That is, I'd never really thought of much of it. I came to maturation mostly in the 90s, probably the high watermark for race relations in, the, in America. I was blessed to attend an excellent private school in the South, which was, of course, mostly white, but we had folks from all over. 80% of the kids were day students, meaning they lived at home with their families, but there was 20% of boarding students. This is actually very typical for Christian schools uh, from places like Saudi Arabia, Japan, Korea. And um, we had the internationally wealthy and poor local white kids who attended on scholarship. So he grew up this way. And he says, likewise, uh, he says, never was there a whiff of complaint from the non-white students. We were living in the ideal reality that people uh, theorize. So I didn't really think of myself as as white because I didn't think about race at all. I can actually relate to this to some extent. I I I've really never thought of myself as white, like primarily. Uh, I even ethnically speaking, I've always thought of myself as more not always, but but since I understood that I was like Scotch Irish English, like I, I knew that I was I knew, I knew I was American. That's the primary thing I knew. But I knew that my ancestors came over. And went back to the Pilgrims and, and Virginia and, and Pennsylvania and the early explorers. And so that that was always my identity. But anyway, um, not because I'm eager to be proud of it, he says, but because it matters much to me, but because I've been forced to. And, and I relate to this. To not do so would be like a woman walking down a dark alley, gleefully rejecting the notion that she was a woman and thus had nothing to fear. That she needed to uh, take no extra precaution. In short... I'm only aware that I'm white because I'm vilified explicitly for being white. If not for that, I, it wouldn't have crossed my mind. I wish it weren't like this. I once shared a beautiful common culture with my friends of disparate ethnicities, but that's been torn to shreds. Now I'm forced to be race conscious. One of the last things I have any interest in doing. So as you see a rise in race consciousness among whites, responding with shock and outrage is just about the silliest thing you can do. It was inevitable once it became fashionable to attack and denigrate white people. You can't turn public hatred of a plurality of Americans into a national pastime and expect there to be no reckoning. Do I wish it were so? No. Do I blame whites? Also, no. And if you're a Christian, particularly a Christian minister, and you've got any sort of audience, you ought to think long and hard before you collect those easy likes on tweets about ethnic nationalism and the like. I genuinely don't know any fellow Christians who are called who are calling for an ethno state. And I agree. I, I don't know either in, in, the, in the, the sense that these guys think are thinking it's happening. He says, what I do know uh, is a whole heap of faithful believers who are getting hung out to dry by big name Christian voices who are sufficiently insulated from the anti-white hate to take pot shots at the people it's affecting. 
So if you want to drive Christians into bitterness, hatred, and ethnic vainglory, away from the watch of under-shepherds and into the waiting arms of actual race villains, keep it up with those insufferable good boy tweets. You're not going to like what you get on the other side, or you could have the stones to do what might be the most uncomfortable, genuinely countercultural thing in your ministry and agree that there's a plan afoot to displace and humiliate white Americans. After all, the people doing it are proudly bragging about their motives, means, and rampant success. You can stick up for the largest contingent of Christians in the U.S. While they're under attack, you can tell them it's okay to value their heritage, particularly since if you're an American, you're enjoying the fruits of it, no matter what color you are. This will be the real test of our famous Christians. If they stand up for the uh, right in this case, when it will actually cost them, they can be trusted. If not, then we need to give the microphone to different men. Wow. This is one of the things Andrew Torba sent me. He sent me another one, and I'm not going to read this. Um, it's also equally. Yeah, we're going to stop there. We're going to stop there. That's essentially it. That's essentially it. During Woke Wars 1 with Big Eva, I remember numerous times just pointing out how the regular people in the pews would just, just get drug through the mud in the media again and again and again. And every time a guy like Tim Keller got in front of a microphone on mainstream media or got a writing piece in the Atlantic, regular Joe Christians would just get drugged by him. And it's infuriating. Every time a little loser like Russell Moore gets a, gets a spot on MSNBC or Dan Darling or any of these guys, they just drag regular Christians through the mud. The hatred is palpable. They find regular Christians freaking disgusting, and we can all see it. Because when they get a spot on the media, that's what they do. That's what they're there for. The media knows which Christians they can call upon to call every Christian a backwards, bigoted, you know, conspiracy theorist, you know, racist. They know which ones they can call on for that. That's why people like me have a platform at all. People like John, people like Joel Webin, because they're sick of the leaders that are dragging them through the mud for nothing, for no reason. They didn't do anything wrong, but they're being tarred and feathered in our culture. We don't do the actual tar and feathering, but that, that's how you do it on the, on, on, the, on the media. And we'd wonder, why are they doing this? Like, what do they get out of this? And now we've got to endure Owen Strawn. He hasn't been called to MSNBC yet, but he's got getting some of the pieces that are warming up to him because they see him. And sadly, G3, you're participating in this now. Doing and ready and willing and able to do the same thing that they could count on Tim Keller for. Dragging regular Christians through the freaking mud for what? What do you get out of it? Because I don't even think you're getting paid for it. I don't even think you're getting paid for it. It's just history is repeating itself. History is repeating itself. And it's, it's just it's a shame. It doesn't have to be this way. 
it doesn't have to be this way. You know, ripping regular Christians, you know, white Christians in particular, it doesn't cost you a thing. You guys are like LARPing that it's like costing you a thing. I saw some tweets. Oh, I can't. I'm so grateful for Josh Bicey. He stands for truth no matter what it costs him. No matter what it costs him. And I remember the same Big Eva tweets. Oh, Russell Moore is a stalwart. No matter what it costs him, he stands for the truth. That's why I love him. The same thing, guys. You guys fought Big Eva because you wanted to be Big Eva. I think that has become very clear, and it doesn't have to be this way. If you could just handle this topic, guys, this is the whole point of this video. If you could just handle this topic like men and not do the big Eva, you know, shrill, everyone's a racist thing. If you could do that, man, you guys could be so powerful. If you could handle this like men and treat your brothers like brothers. If you could handle this like adults, really. Instead of shrieking pagan women. Because that's what you've done so far. And we can all see it. And we don't like it. We're only a few months away from Owen Strawn, you know, doing this on MSNBC willingly, gladly ripping Christians, ripping Christians apart. I think, honestly, if MSNBC called Owen... He would gladly do it and talk about the rise of white Christian nationalism. Oh, it's a threat. It's a threat to Christians. He would glad. We're, we're not that far away from that. We're not that far. That's my prediction. We're not that far away from that. And it doesn't have to be this way. And it, it doesn't give me any joy to make that prediction. It doesn't, this doesn't give, this doesn't make me happy. The last thing I needed was a new woke wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did not need a new big evil wars. I, I, I did not want that. I did not look for that. But here it is. <laughs> and I've got to accept life as it is. I hope you found that video helpful. I hope you found it reasonable. God bless you. That is, that is it. That is my final word on this issue. I hope you found that video helpful. God bless.